One, what's the address of the emergency? Uh, it's out in the woods on Mount uh, Vesper. So that was just a little preview into our episode today. Uh, but before we get to that, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording episode six of Lost in the Woods. We're so excited to be here today. We don't know what day of the week it is, mm-hmm. but we're really glad to be here. Yeah, and really glad that you guys are listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, we hope we're helping you get through quarantine a little bit, maybe get some cleaning projects done, you know, whatever helps you keep your sanity during this time. But we really, really appreciate everybody who has listened and told their friends. Please continue to tell your friends. We love getting new listeners. So yeah, continue to share us on your stories. We really appreciate it. And thanks. So how's everybody doing with the quarantine? I'm not doing well. Madison's not doing well. Luckily, I still work, though, so... Yeah, Madison gets to go to work. I do not. I have to stay home. So, that's kind of interesting. We actually have two members of our household that are still working because they're essential workers. And then there's me with the rest of the children stuck home. Not an essential part of society. And there's no school, so we're just here all day long. (laughs) But you guys... I'm, like, walking out the door. I'm like, bye, Mom. She goes, bye, I'm gonna work. Bye. Trade me places. I could do your job. Anyway, I actually used to do her job. Anyway, my biggest struggle has really been not being able to go to the gym. That's been a really mentally hard adjustment for me. Because I'm still working out at home. I, I have a little workout station set up. Like, I'm trying to do the same sort of things that I do at the gym at home, but I'm putting more focus on like stretching and abs. Madison's shaking her head. I, I don't know because share she this. does not work out at I don't all. Share this. I, I'm going to guess that a majority of society does not share this. My struggle. <laughs> struggle with you. Yeah. It's really hard to work out at home. I find that if there's anything in the house that I need to do, rather that be laundry or cleaning or Anything at all, I am 100% distracted and try to rush through my workout because of it. Instead of spending the extra time that I would normally spend if I'm already at the gym and I'm not thinking about what's at home. So yeah, we're we're adjusting. We're trying to make the best of it. <laughs> Good thing I don't have friends, so. <laughs> yeah, me and Madison are both kind of introverts a little bit. I think I'm just an extrovert that hates people. Well, that... Uh, that's that's an introvert. <laughs> I think that's what an introvert is. So we're both very, here's the thing, we're both very outgoing people, but we're also very okay with spending time alone or by ourselves. That doesn't bother us. So we're like introverted extroverts. Is that a thing? Hang in there. We're, we're right here with you guys. Yep. All right. Anyway, so today we are talking about the case of Samantha Sayer. And we've been wanting to do this one since the beginning. Yes. Uh, This one's in our area. We were actually out hiking the same mountain range the day that she disappeared. Which is crazy to think about. 
Yeah, I mean, we we only changed our... So we only weren't hiking the same hike as her because we had the baby with us at the time. And we didn't want to go where there was snow. We wanted to stay away from it. Right, which we had a little bit of snow. But not as much as we would have if we did Vesper Peak. Right, so this takes place on Vesper Peak, which is... A really beautiful, it's a really good hike. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a really good hike. So, Samantha Sayre is from Girard, Pennsylvania. It's a small town that's near Erie. She's an avid hiker and often hikes alone, so her going out alone on this day is not unusual. Sam is 28. She's described as super smart, cool, funny, and driven. She is 5'8", 125 pounds, and she has green eyes. Sam is bald due to alopecia. Right, which is an autoimmune skin disease that causes hair loss. And this hair loss can either be temporary or it can be permanent. We actually know a couple family members. Yes. <laughs> Madison actually has multiple grandparents. <laughs> multiple grandparents with this. So Madison's chances of getting alopecia are probably pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, odds are not in my favor in this one. Yeah. Um, she had a star constellation tattoo on her head, actually, and she preferred that people thought of her as, like, punk, like she shaved her head rather than she was sick. Yeah, I'm sure she got that a lot, like, people thinking that she had cancer or had some sort of sickness due to her shaved head, so I can totally understand wanting people to assume that. And I really think she rocks it. No, she really does. So she set out on August 1st, 2018. So we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of this happening, which is crazy. Vesper Peak is on Mount Baker, so in the North Cascades. It's about an eight-mile hike, and it's about 4,000 feet of elevation. So the highest point on this one is about 6,200. So there would have been quite a bit of snow still at the top of this. And, guys, this is a difficult hike. So it's not just long and it's not just a lot of elevation gain but it's also difficult terrain as well yeah hard to follow the trail on this one especially like the last mile or so gets a little more difficult a little rocky there it's a little rocky yeah she left her home at 8 a.m and left her boyfriend kevin dares behind since he had to work she said to expect her at home by 6 p.m right so we've talked about that before like always tell people when to expect you home or have some sort of plan in place so that yeah, if you don't make it home, somebody knows that something's wrong, right? He sent her a message saying, I know you don't need me to tell you this, but terrain can be dangerous. And she replied with something like, I know I love you. Yeah, and we saw a couple different versions of this text message. And all of them are phrased just a tiny bit different so that that's the one that we saw the most often. And he said that he was 110% sure that he was going to see her that night. Well, and to me, 110 is like, it never crossed your mind that something might go wrong. She arrived at the Sunrise Mine Trailhead around 10 a.m. Which is pretty late for us, personally. Yeah, we prefer to be at our trailheads at like, 6 or 7. Yeah. 8 would be the absolute latest if it's like a longer drive to get where we're going. But we definitely like to be early, early before the crowds. Like when we went up to Mount Baker, we were up at like out at like five. Yeah, I think we left the house by five up at four. She parked her blue Ford Fiesta. Uh, It was a beautiful sunny day and we can attest to that. It was a great day for a hike. There was a tiny bit 
of fog and a tiny bit of wind at the top of our hike. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And but it was, it was pretty warm. We were in shorts. I'm always in shorts. Uh, yeah, I'm usually in shorts too. But other people hiking were in shorts too. <laughs> yes. So before she set out on the trail, she signed the trail register, which is something that we always do when there is one. In the on season. Right. So during the really busy hiking season, when normal people are hiking, the rangers are actually out collecting that data and making sure that everybody who goes up comes back down or is accounted for, things like that. Yes. Yep. So she did sign the registry. And like we said earlier, the trail's hard to follow. Right. So there's a lot of older trails that can cause confusion on this one. Avalanches. Avalanches, rock slides. Yep. All of uh, All of that stuff. So there's also a basin that a lot of people go off trail to explore. So it's kind of on the more south side. Once you get to the top and then you come over, there's like a, a really cool basin that a lot of people will go down and explore. What's a basin? It's like a like a water like like <laughs> it's like it's like a lake on the mountain kind of, but it's like in like a basin. So th- there's not necessarily water in it, but it's like a basin, like a <laughs> this man it's a, it's a thing. I didn't say it wasn't. I just don't know what a basin is. When she didn't return home and Kevin was unable to contact her, he headed out. He knew something was wrong because why wouldn't she return? Like why would Well, she, she would home? have at least contacted him when she got down into cell phone reception. Her boyfriend arrived at the trailhead around 10 p.m. armed with only a flashlight that he had purchased at a gas station on his way to the trail. So he was like out looking for her immediately. Mm-hmm. Sam's car was in the lot locked with no trace of her. And her car was the only car in the lot as well. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're terrified, you're hustling to get there. There's no cell phone reception out there. Oh, there's nothing. You stop at a random gas station, you pick up a flashlight, you get to the parking lot, and there's her car. Which is like your confirmation that something is terribly wrong. Because it's late now. It's what, 10 p.m.? 12 hours later. 12 hours later. And he knows that she only left the house with a backpack and some snacks. And not even warm clothes necessarily. He headed up the mountain and while searching, he fell and broke his light. Well, right. I mean, it's really hard. We've done some like sunrise and sunset hikes. And it is really hard to, you, you know, you have your flashlight. So you're looking ahead where your beam of light is. Instead of at your feet. Because when we hike normal during the day, most of our time when we're hiking, we're constantly looking down at our feet. But if your flashlight's out ahead of you, you're not doing that because you're looking ahead at the trail instead of down at your feet. Yeah. So I would have fallen too. For sure. I probably would have stared at my feet the whole time. (laughs) You would have run into a tree and I would have fallen. He contacted 911 at 109 to report her missing. So now it's morning time. 901, what's the address of the emergency? Uh, it's out in the woods on Mount uh, Vesper. Vesper Peak. Let's see. And what's going on? Um, had a hiker, uh, Samantha Sayers, who left early this morning for a day hike. Was supposed to be out by 6. Um, didn't hear from her. We drove up from, sir, I drove up from Seattle. Hit the trail at 10. Um, flashlight broke on the scramble. Cannot find her car still out there. And are you on the trail? 
No, I had to drive all the way back. There's no service. I'm at the uh, pay phone by the service center. My uh, flashlight broke on the scramble. I got to go try and find some flashlights and batteries somewhere. He did this from a payphone at the ranger station because there's still no service up here. Right, and it's funny because last time I saw that payphone, I was like, do people even use that? But I didn't even think about the fact that there isn't service and there's a ton of camping and hiking in this area. So that payphone Mm -hmm. probably gets a lot more use than I thought. More than 25 calls to 911 have been made from this payphone between 2015 and 2017. See? Yep. More than I thought. That's crazy. I know. It's like a crazy amount of 911 calls from one phone. That is a lot of 911 calls. At 1.24 a.m., Sergeant Adams responded, and they both headed back to the trailhead. So Sergeant Adams is head of search and rescue. Okay. Okay. At 2 a.m., Kevin insisted that he wanted to go back up the trail again to look for her. Sergeant Adams actually advised that he not do that. He wanted him to wait for the rest of search and rescue to get there and for daylight. Kevin went anyway. Adams did give him a helmet, a headlamp, and an MRE, though. So he was a little more equipped to handle it than the first time. Yes. At this point, Kevin still hadn't contacted Sam's parents, partially probably because he didn't have reception. Yeah. Would be part of it. But unfortunately, at 3 a.m., a Facebook message did get posted that she was missing. And that's how her mom found out the next day that she was missing. That's crazy. Which, I I get it, right? Like, you never know how you're going to respond in this situation. You're maybe not thinking about things like that. Like, you're thinking, I got to find somebody who was on this hike that maybe saw her. Yeah. Or, or I need people to come help me. And you're not thinking about her family. Because I've got to say, if you had a boyfriend that went searching for you and couldn't find you, and I found out about it on Facebook, I would be very unhappy about that. <laughs> I would hope if I had a boyfriend that he would contact my parents if I went missing. Well, especially since I'm probably more equipped to help look for you than he is. I mean, no offense to Madison's future boyfriend. My but... theoretical boyfriend that doesn't exist. <laughs> but I, I feel like I would want to be a part of helping with that, you know? Yeah. And, and I'd want to know right away. Not have people calling me and be like, oh, I see Madison's missing on Facebook. You're like, what the, my, she's what? Yeah, exactly. On August 2nd, the rain started and the temperature started to drop. Right. It got really cold. Very fast. Very fast. The weather kind of turned on this day. We were actually out hiking that day too. And it was really cold and it was really foggy. Like, it was hard to see where we were that day. So the first day of searching, super random and I could not find anywhere that explained this or had a good theory for it but they did find a tree on fire which interesting lightning there i don't think there was lightning that day why is there a tree on fire i don't know and then they also found lots of off-trail footprints but they're not sure at this point if any of them belong to sam and a lot of them probably don't because people go off trail all the time you guys don't go off trail stay on the trail. Everybody that we know that something terrible has happened to went off trail. Not a good idea. No, just stay on the trail. Stay on the trail. And it's also not good for the environment to be off the trail. True story. Yeah. Okay. In the days following her disappearance, Snohomish County Sheriff's Office, along with hundreds of volunteers, dogs, and search and rescue, scoured the mountain for Sam. Helicopters equipped... 
Helicopters equipped with thermal imaging and drones were also deployed on the mountain in to aid in search. Because it's there's a lot out there to look through. Right, it's really dense. There's a lot that you can't see. And there were initial reports that suggested that they did not use thermal Im- imaging in that first week, which are untrue. So what happened was when the mom called to see if thermal imaging had been used, the sergeant mistakenly told her that it had not been deployed yet because he thought that it hadn't. Mm. And apparently after that, a bunch of people began calling, demanding that thermal imaging be used. And the department's like, we've been using thermal imaging. Why is everybody calling us? But it's because something had been posted on Facebook suggesting that they hadn't. Gotcha. Whoops. Also, they did a really good job with this search. I mean, they oh, yeah, were right into it. They were on it. They were out there right away. Like they were really working hard to try to find Sam. So Vesper Peak is a beautiful but treacherous hike. It's not for beginners. And after about two miles of plodding through forest up switchbacks and over boulders, the trail actually threads to reveal a daunting route to the summit. So the official trail to the summit is kind of not there because at this point, because of snow mostly, people kind of take their own route. So there's a lot of different ways that you can go from when you come out of the forest to get up to the pass. Yeah. Which happens a lot on harder hikes where the trail disappears because of snow. It does happen a lot. It's quite common. Hikers scramble a wall of rock and snow on the east face of the mountain to get to the summit. This hike is also an old mining site, so it has a lot of abandoned mine shafts, it has a lot of caves, and all of these are off trail. So you're only gonna find these things if you go off the main trail. Yeah, if you go hunting for them. Right. More than one searcher was actually injured during the search due to the terrain. So people were helicopter lifted out, People broke or twisted things. Like, it was common that people were getting injured during this search. That's how bad the terrain was. Yeah. On August 4th, after days of searching, her phone actually pinged at her house. Her boyfriend heard the news while at the search and rescue base camp. He was like, that makes sense. If she had gotten out and hitched a ride, of course she would have just gone home. Well, especially not having service, right? Or her phone is dead or whatever. So she gets home and then has to plug it in and then all of a sudden they get the ping is what he's thinking at this time but unfortunately turned out to be a false ping Uh. and actually kevin's mom had been working with the phone company to access information on sam's phone they had loaded the sim card signature onto don's phone which had caused the ping right so they're loading the signature onto don's phone to try to gain more access to sam's phone yeah and that creates the false ping Okay, so by this point, they've put out a call, right? Like, was anybody hiking here this day? Does anybody have information? Go and check your film, check your pictures. We need more information. Yeah, they're just at this point asking for anyone, anyone who could know anything. Yep, and that's when the witnesses start coming in. So there was a group of YMCA campers on the trail. So they were camping like off the trail a little bit in like a designated camping area, but they weren't at the top of the mountain. They were pretty low down. 
It'd be too cold at the top. <laughs> right? Well, especially, I mean, they're YMCA. I don't know if they're kids or adults, but it's like a YMCA, like official yeah. camping group. So they reported seeing her on her way up Vesper Peak around 1130. But they did not see her coming back down. Next, a man who was hiking near the summit of Vesper Peak, he had posted a video containing images of what appears to be Sam in the background, making her way effortlessly up the mountain. So basically he, and I'll try to find this video for you guys and post it, but basically he is panning around and looking at, I think he calls it the glacier, but it's not actually a glacier, but people think it's a glacier. So he's like panning around to like show the scenery and literally you can see Sam hiking in his video. She's got her trekking poles. She looks determined. Like, you can see her hiking up the mountain. On August 5th, a man had reported that he saw her at the summit and then watched her head down south from there, away from the trail. Like, on the opposite side of the peak. Right. So, heading the wrong direction. Right. So, instead of going back down the way she had come, she was going the opposite way. Yeah, in the direction of the Sultan River Basin. Yeah, and he was articulate at reading topographic maps, and he was actually able to get on a helicopter with search and rescue and show them exactly where he had last seen her. Which is crazy. Which which is great. He had said that he had seen Samantha with two male climbers, and he had just assumed that she was with them. Makes sense. A short while later, he had seen her heading down the south side of Vesper Peak. He said that she looked like she was in a hurry, and he believed at that time that she was finding a place to relieve herself because the peak is pretty bare. Right, there's not a lot of privacy there, but in the direction that she was heading, there was like, there's a bunch of trees and thicker brush down that way. He was going to call out to her, but she was pretty far away, and he had figured that she knew a route that he was unaware of. Right, so he was initially thought, maybe I should call out to her, maybe she doesn't realize she's going the wrong way, but then he was like, oh, well, she probably knows a different route or is just going to use the bathroom. He didn't know that she was missing until he saw on TV and immediately called the police. Which is on August 5th. So this is quite a few days, days later. later. Yeah. So another witness called to say that her and her boyfriend had seen and spoken with Sam at the summit around 2.30 that day, which lines up. And they had talked to her about the route she had taken. So there's this, this spot down lower below the summit where you can go to the left or you can go to the right. And the left side is more technical and the right side looks longer, but is actually an easier route. And Samantha had taken the left side and they had taken the right side. So they had both come to this area around the same time. And the couple actually made it to the summit before Sam. They think because her route was more technical. So they had chatted with her a little bit about that, like at the top of the summit. Okay. She also reported that Sam had some sort of talk radio or podcast playing on her phone. So she didn't have her headphones in, though. She actually had it playing out loud, which we do sometimes if there's not other people around. Like, we'll listen to something out loud. I don't really like wearing headphones when I hike. Because you can't hear people coming behind you. And I don't like that, especially if you were by yourself. She's a young woman. Like, it would make sense that she wouldn't want to wear headphones. Right, and we don't normally, unless we're hiking long, long periods of time. Long. We don't listen to anything. We yeah. just enjoy nature and whatnot. And talk to each other. Like, that's usually what we do. But Right. But on the way back down sometimes, or if we're hiking more than, like, 10 or 12 miles in a day, then we'll... We, we get to kind of a wall where we feel like we need to put music on or we need to put something on. Yeah. But I feel like if you were by yourself and then no one else, it makes sense to play music or a podcast out loud. Yeah. 
Yeah. So a witness also reported seeing Sam sitting and eating a sandwich. And I think this witness actually said that her sandwich had lettuce sticking out of it, which is kind of a weird... Random. Like, random thing to remember. But she was sitting there eating her lunch, and she was watching some rock climbers nearby. He said that he had seen a male with Samantha near the summit as he was climbing, but once he reached the top, the male was gone, and she was still there. They had a brief discussion about climbing, and then the next time he turned around, she was kind of gone. So he, he didn't see where she went from there. Yeah, which when you are a hiker, you're on a hard hike. Like, everyone that you run into, like, pretty, like, normal, regular hikers at Vesper Peak because you're not going to do it if you're new at hiking. Right, so especially on, like, the harder hikes, you run into more experienced, especially climbers. Like, there's a lot yeah, of climbers on this hike. Which is why her talking to so many people on this hike isn't really unusual. I don't think it is either. when we do harder yeah. hikes, more people will talk to us because more people are experienced hikers. On August 8th, two different trekking poles were found, and neither of them belonged to Sam. Ah, right. So I I believe they found both of these trekking poles, and without showing them to Sam's boyfriend, they actually asked him what kind of trekking poles did she have, and he actually thought that she had mismatched trekking poles, one being red and one being silver when she was hiking, which that happens to us sometimes. Well, like, if I were to break a hiking pole, like, maybe I would just... Well, like, a lot of times if I'll hike with, like, a friend or somebody who doesn't have trekking poles, like I'll have one, they'll have the other. I've had trekking poles go missing that way where somebody borrows one. Or the children use them. And <laughs> the children, yeah. I think we have like five yellow random Oh, I like, don't even ones. have my t- my trekking poles anymore. Well, we threw ours away in Europe, remember? And I still haven't gotten new ones. I haven't either. I've been using the kids. <laughs> so we actually, on our way to Europe, the trekking pole, one of the trekking poles ripped a hole in my bag. So when it came down the conveyor belt, everything like kind of spilled out the hole. Which was a great thing when we arrived into a foreign country. Super great. Super great. So we didn't want to, I had to like get a new bag and stuff. So we didn't want to risk that happening on the way back. And so. Because we only had our nice bags. We didn't have those. Right. So we just threw the trekking poles away. And they were pretty beat up by the time we were done with our hundred plus miles. Like, my, I don't think my hiking poles would have even lasted another season. I mean, probably not. I mean, at the end, one of my tre- trekking poles kept slipping. I kept having to adjust it all the time because it was just... Well, it just needed to be tightened, probably. Yeah, but, but yeah. it was just slipping. I know. It was just broken. Both of the trekking poles that had been found were black. So after this, they knew that the trekking poles didn't belong to Sam, which was a little disappointing. A cell phone was also found, which later was determined to belong to another search team. So somebody in another search team had dropped their phone and the other search team found it. (laughs) Footprints were found and followed that were later matched to a searcher that had the same boots as Sam. So they thought they found Sam's like footprints, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. It wasn't. And we'll talk about her boots in a little bit, but... On August 10th, two hikers came across some clothing at Foggy Lake above Gothic Basin. I've been there. It's beautiful. Pretty. Oh, I love Gothic Basin. And sent a picture to searchers. It was four socks, a pair of gray pants, blue tennis shoes, and a green shirt. Why are people leaving their clothes? Why are people taking their clothes off in the woods? I don't know. Don't leave. Don't leave your stuff on trails. Like, be considerate. Take it with you. Don't be lazy. I can't. I can't handle that. It drives me crazy. So on August 11th, a witness called 911 to say that they had seen Sam and a white male at a Walmart in Spokane. On August 6th, she was also spotted at a Walmart in Vancouver. She was also reported to possibly be on a ferry 
to Anacortes on August 5th, and she was also spotted in Long Beach, Washington. Which, for our non-Washingtonians, these places are not close together. No, they're, they're a little further, but I mean, they're kind of in the vicinity. The problem is that I think at this point, every person, because it's all over the news, every person that saw a bald woman, regardless of their age or whether or not they actually looked like Sam, started calling authorities to say they had spotted her. I would assume that's the case. On August 12th, a witness reported seeing two individuals near Vesper Peak on the day that Sam went missing. And he reported that they looked like gang members. Right. And he said that their vehicle was driving very fast down the road leading to Vesper Peak. Right, so... The reason he knows what these two look like, too, is the car was actually coming down Vesper Peak, and it was going really fast, and he got concerned enough when he saw this that he actually turned around and did not go up to Vesper Peak. He actually ended up going to, I think, the ice caves, and when he parked in the parking lot, they actually were there and out of their vehicle, and that's how he knows what they looked like. So uh, initially he thought that they were maybe up Vesper Peak breaking into cars and that's why they were coming down the trail so fast because that does happen. People go and break into cars. We're pretty sure we watched someone go through our car or like ending. They were trying. Yeah, they were like leaning into our car. Yeah, that was a fun experience. That was a fun experience. But remember, we don't lock our car because we don't want anybody breaking our windows. No, we much rather have someone rummage through all the children's crap. In the back of your car. Yeah, just don't break my window. window. Yeah, please. So, pro tip, if you're going to go to a trailhead, just leave your car unlocked unless you want to get your window smashed. But don't leave anything valuable in it. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know that that would be a little well, obvious, you know, but I don't People know. like to lock their purses in, their trunks and things like that, and that's what gets taken. They break your window and then they pop your trunk. Yep. That's Easy. why I don't even carry my purse. No, why would you? I usually don't anyway. On August 13th, a backpack was found off trail and it was reported to have deodorant, eye drops, and some other miscellaneous items in it. Why do you need eye drops when you're going hiking? Well, I don't know if your eyes get dry. Some people have dry eyes. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I get the deodorant too. I mean, who knows? It ended up not being Sam's backpack. Also on that day, an item was spotted from uh, drone pictures. Search and rescue took the helicopter to try to go and determine what this item was. And get this. You guys, it was a balloon. (laughs) What the hell is up with the balloons? I don't know. Why are there balloons on top of mountains where people go missing? (laughs) So it it was a balloon, which I still is. It's so crazy. I mean, I guess they have to end up somewhere. You guys literally should have seen my face when I read that. I was like, Oh no, when she was when she was doing the research (laughs) for it, she like Yelled my name, and I came in, and she goes, guess what? I know. And she was like, it was just they so found crazy. a balloon. You know. So two days later, on August 15th, a phone was found on the side of a forest service road. It was a red phone, just like Samantha's phone. Once it was charged, though, it was determined that it did not belong to Sam. Unfortunate. I know. They actually did track down the owner of this phone, and her phone had been missing for like a couple months. But they were able to return her phone to her. It had a cracked uh, face plate on it. Like, they actually thought that maybe somebody had tossed it out a window because it was near the trail, like, near the road. 
hmm. but like off to the side and broken. I bet you the lady left it on top of her car. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe she put it on top of her car before leaving the parking lot and then it flew off when she was like driving down the road. The only thing I ever put on top of my car is like my drinks when I get off of work. I'll set them on top of my car to open only in the daylight. Never when it's dark. If it's dark out. I don't set them on top of my car because yeah, I'm not waiting. Yeah, because you'll forget them. Well, I'm not waiting. I'm not going to stay in the parking lot and be vulnerable oh, yeah, that yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There were reports of a gray backpack found just off the trail, but it turned out to be a rock. It was a rock, you guys. Not a backpack. <laughs> and I think I, I think maybe this came from drone pictures as well. Uh, that's what I'm guessing. Right, and they just thought it looked like a backpack, but it, it was, was a rock. It was just a backpack-looking rock. Yeah. Okay, and on more rock things, there was a large rock with blood dripped on it. Right, so it kind of looked like somebody had stood over the rock, and it was kind of a bigger rock, but they had stood over the rock while they were bleeding. A bloody nose or, like, bleeding from somewhere. Yeah, turns out it belonged to a scout. Yeah, so later on they did find out where it came from, and it was from, like, a boy scout. Who probably got a bloody nose or something. I would assume a bloody nose, yeah, I don't know. On August 19th, a psychic reported that Sam was being held in a cabin against a cabin. Cabin? Minnesota. How do you do a Minnesota accent? I don't know. I can't That's do That's what it was. I can't do accents. That's what yeah. it was. I yeah. just said cabin like I was from Minnesota. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on August 19th, a psychic reported that Sam was being held in a cabin against her will by two men, and one of them was actually involved in search efforts, which... If Sam was being held, or if someone did have part in taking her, they would most likely involve themselves in search efforts. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty common. It's also so interesting to me that, have we even had a case yet where a psychic didn't get involved? I feel like there's been a psychic involved in every case that we've had. I feel like psychics get involved in lots of missing people things. Another person claimed to have visions of where Sam was. So another call came in. From someone claiming that she thought her brother-in-law might have been involved, that he had been on vacation at the time, and that he was acting funny. That's a weird specific thing. Yeah, it turns out he wasn't involved. Police did look into him. He was not involved at all. But I guess if you have suspicions against your brother, like if you really think your brother's like crazy or something and you know he's in the air. Well, she had also said too that he had borrowed her car and brought it back smelling like death. I'm like, maybe he was just stinky. I don't know. But, yeah, it ended up, nothing ended up coming of it. But, hey, it's better that someone reported it than not reported it and the police looked into it. Oh, for sure. For sure. There were a couple reports of hikers being followed aggressively around the time frame that all of this was going on. So, both reports indicated that a dark blue or black vehicle had been involved. One of the incidents was on Barlow Pass, and the other one was on Vesper Peak. So both of these people reported to, I think it was to the ranger station, Mm -hmm. that this had happened. While searching, like we said before, they had started finding a lot of footprints, but couldn't quite identify where they had come from. Like, they knew Sam's foot size and things like that. But her boyfriend was certain that she was wearing a pair of La Sportiva hiking boots that he had purchased for her from REI. She was a size 11, by the way. Big feet? Yeah. She's only 5'8". Search and Rescue actually went to REI and photographed and measured the same pair in order to compare footprints while they were searching. Which is how they... Great idea. Great idea. Great idea. But that's how they know that one of the searcher, like the people... Had the same shoes. Yeah. The the searcher did have smaller feet, though, I think. So they were... Able to distinguish. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But also, footprints in the snow are really hard. 
to like firmly identify size. Well, because I know that if my foot falls through the ice, my footprint's gonna look a lot bigger. Like if I hit like a hollow area or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you just never know. Her phone did record a ping near the summit. So between that and the witness statements, they're pretty sure that she made it to the summit that day. Right. So they they kind of spread their searching from there, right? Like they start at the top and kind of head out and around because they're pretty sure she did not come back past the YMCA group that yeah, was because they was didn't campy. see her. Right. So they they kind of started from the top and searched like fanned out their search from there. So at some point, Kevin started referring to himself as Sam's fiance instead of Sam's boyfriend because they believed that this would make it more serious to people. Well, people would take it more serious, right? Because I think rumors started going around that maybe she took off. Maybe she was trying to just not be in a relationship with him. And everybody's like, look, that's not the problem, you guys. Like, her car is there. She did not take it with her. She did not just take off and leave her boyfriend. Like, they wanted people to take their relationship more serious because it was... A serious long-term relationship. Yeah, it makes sense. That but makes people, sense to me. People started to think that this was suspicious that he had gone from being... Well, and I think people people find suspicion in almost everything. Oh, you definitely can. People definitely do. You definitely can. So another thing her boyfriend did was him and his siblings spent close to $5,000 and they bought and filled about 150 one-gallon mm-hmm. Ziploc bags each one was stuffed with things like cliff bars, ponchos, socks, compasses, flashlights, fire sticks, a lighter. They had been given to searchers to place in the area. So the hope was that if she was wandering around and lost, that maybe yeah. she would find one of these bags, which I'm sure that chipmunks on Vesper Peak were very fat the next season from what was in the Because they can eat through these bags, right? Oh, for sure. But they also put a note in each bag that said, Lost person Sam Sawyers, tear off corner of this note and leave it in the bag so we can track you. Stay strong. We love you and everyone is looking for you. So sad. I know. I really hope she found a bag. So by August 23rd, the search had yielded no results and it was suspended. I also know that they had consulted with experts on... Okay, say Sam was lost in the woods. What are her chances of survival and how long can she survive? Yeah. Right? So they kind of had an idea, like, if she was still there, if she is in this forest somewhere, how long do we have to find her? And August 23rd was kind of their cutoff. I mean, they had spent so many hours... So many hours. So many hours already. So Sam's mom and Kevin, along with family and friends, refused to give up the search. And further efforts were coordinated to continue the search for Sam. They they weren't ready to give up. Right, and they'd also raised some money with their GoFundMe account, and these funds were used to continue the search efforts. They hired a dog handler to come with her dog, whose name was Raven. And scour the mountain. They had spent 39 days searching and 17 of those days were in a row. So yeah, you've got to think about it. Like, you're not just magically getting dropped in the spot that you're going to be searching. Like, you're hiking into it. Like, you're getting... I mean, search and rescue were doing that, dropping people. But at this point, you know, a lot of these people are having to hike and work to get there. They did spend some of their money on helicopters to aid in the search. 
But a lot of these volunteers are actually making this hike every day, which is a very hard hike. Oh, yeah. So they had a constant flow of searchers and volunteers. Sergeant Adams even came back in a thick dry suit to search Lake Ellen. A man named David Francis flew in as soon as SAR pulled out. So search and rescue is SAR, by the way. He had lost his son 13 years earlier, and he now leads a foundation to aid families of lost hikers in the wilderness. So basically, like, he knows what steps need to be taken because he had to find the path on his own. So now he helps families navigate that, basically, which is kind of cool. So he recommended following mountain man Bud Carr, a former Eagle Scout and a militant man. So this is who he's recommending to the family to get out there to help aid in this search. Kevin hired Bud Carr, and together they approached the mountain with a tactical eye. Kevin's father also tried to be very involved in the camp that they had set up on the mountain. And they, yeah, they were, they were determined to find Sam. Their camp was just below Stone Summit. Right, so by this point, they actually have, like, tents set up. Like, they're actually staying up on the mountain as much as they can. Four weeks after Sam went missing, a crowdsourcing of sorts was started by a man named Steve I think it's Monchak. He's the owner of Pacific Northwest Dronetography. He called for volunteers to help scour drone footage in the area in order to report anything unusual to him. So basically he took his drones up there and he had recorded all of this footage in terrain that searchers couldn't get to, but he needed help like going through the data and identifying if anything in there was unusual, anything strange was spotted, things like that, because he said it was just too much for him to do on his own. So this project was actually similar to a crowdsourcing campaign that started after the disappearance of the Malaysia Airlines flight 370. Oh my god, I totally forgot that that even happened. Yeah, so the plane, which was carrying more than 200 people, vanished on March 8th, 2014, and it was presumed to have crashed in the far southern Indian Ocean. So basically, they got people like to do the to, same thing. Right, to look at the footage and see if they could find anything floating in the water anywhere that might give them clues to where this plane went down. Which that. this plane still has never been found, which That's is crazy. crazy. It's a plane. They're huge. Bermuda Triangle, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's not, is that even in the Bermuda Triangle? That's where it had to have gone. That's where they all go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So Steve had spent about three weeks surveying the mountain and covered about 23 miles of the terrain that would have been too dangerous to go on foot. Right, which is really cool that he did that. I mean, nobody paid him to do that. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so the drone spotted a purple reddish jacket in an area that was really hard to access, and they were able to send volunteers to this location. Turns out the jacket didn't belong to Sam. No, but it kind of proved like the validity of this project where they were able to send people to a very specific location and they're not just out scouring an area that's dangerous. They know exactly where they're going to try to get to something. Yeah, but my question is whose jacket is that and why was that person in that hard area? I don't know. I know. Why are people leaving their clothing behind? Stop leaving your clothes behind. So by October, the occasional snow flurries turned into regular snowfall. The temperatures continued to plunge, and finally, in mid-October, Kevin and Bud made the decision to pack up their camp and come down the mountain. Kevin made several more solo trips all the way through November, which now we're in the hundreds for how many days Sam has been missing. It's It's like 106 or something the last time he made it there that year. So, no personal belongings, 
No cell phone, no car keys, no bag, nothing to this day has been found that belonged to Sam. Which is crazy. It's crazy. It's like she just vanished. Okay, combined, they spent 8,000 plus hours combing the slopes and the surrounding wilderness with helicopters, trekking dogs, and skilled alpinists. So none of that includes Kevin's or the family's efforts. That's just the professionals that searched. Search and rescue. Yeah, which is crazy. I think that's the most resources that have been spent on one missing person case in our area. Oh, I think so. I mean, it that's extensive for sure. So I also saw a Facebook video out there that Lisa's mom posted around the one-year mark that her daughter went missing, which is so sad. Basically, she says that until her daughter is found or her remains are found, that she is not giving up hope that her daughter will be found alive. So they're not making plans to mourn the anniversaries of Sam going missing. Which is understandable. Yeah, I mean, she basically said, please don't ask me if we're having a memorial service or anything like that. When you truly, truly love someone, time does not determine, a calendar does not determine when it is appropriate to grieve or anything like that. She says she will not be having a memorial service and just moving on with her lives like her daughter never existed. She did express vague suspicions about how and why her daughter disappeared, but she wasn't really giving any kind of details on that but it has insinuated that they have their own investigation going on. Because it's like she was a very skilled hiker. She went hiking quite often. And for her to just disappear. Well, and not only that, but there were a lot of people out hiking that day. Okay, so some theories. Theories? Yeah. So the boyfriend's always a classic theory. Number one every time you guys. Always the spouse. Always the spouse. If it's a child, it's always the parents. Yeah, the closest person to them is always number one suspect. And when we're talking about theories with Sam's boyfriend, one Kevin. of thank you, Kevin, one of the things that come into question is his 911 tape. Yeah, so at one point, the 911 tape, there's a small little snippet of it where it almost sounds like he's not alone at the ranger station. Which if he wasn't alone, that wouldn't add up to his story. Right. So, and let me play that part for you guys really quick there's two little portions i'll play them both that come into question and then we can talk about it um didn't hear from her we drove up from sir i drove up from seattle okay so that was the first bit that's under question and we wanted you to hear it before we commented but he basically says we drove up and then he corrects himself to i drove up Which, I mean, he is under a lot of stress. Well, you can kind of hear it in his voice, right? Like, it sounds like his heart rate's a little elevated. It sounds like he's a little stressed out. He's probably got some adrenaline. I wonder how fast he drove to get to the ranger station. Yeah, seriously. So I'm not sure that I have a huge problem with that, right? So that's the first one. Now we're going to play you the second. Full weather gear. I think she brought one hoodie. And she does have food. She brought, like, I want to say, like, three or four sandwiches and plenty of snacks. She never skimps on that. Okay. And what about water? I'm sure she brought water. I'm sure she probably had two decent-sized bottles with her when she took off. So that was the second one. And in that one, our issue is kind of that he says a lot of she brought versus she took. Yeah, like she 
brought sandwiches. She brought water. I'm sure she brought water. Right, which it kind of could just be the way that he talks. I don't know him, so I don't know his phrasing. But it almost sounds like he's saying she brought them. Like he's there with her. Although we're pretty sure he's not, right? Like we're not saying this makes him sound guilty. We are saying that this makes him a a target for other people's theory. Yes. Because we do not think he was on that mountain with her. But this is one of the things that people point at down the road. Oh, you know what? There's one more that's kind of strange. Oh, yeah, the other. That, yeah, we'll play it for you before we interject. So, this is the third one. A blue Ford. So, sound quality is a little rougher on that one. But it almost. Yeah, I don't know if you heard it. It's like a little, he pauses and it kind of sounds like other noise is happening in the background. Right. So it's when the operator asks him, what kind of car does she have? And then he says, blue, and kind of pauses. And before he says Ford, it almost sounds like somebody's interjecting with Ford as well, which I really don't hear it i mean i hear a little bit of like a noise yeah but it also literally could be him touching his face to the mic of the phone yeah Yeah, that's kind of what my thought is like he he kind of sounds like he's not standing super still the whole time the verlot ranger station is kind of creepy at night it's in the middle of nowhere yeah i i stopped and parked there one time because i went on a uh, full moon snowshoeing expedition and it was like midnight and it was so creepy (laughs) my car broke down too it was bad it was bad all around it was a long story actually it didn't break down but my key broke and i couldn't get my car to start because the fob wasn't attached to the key and then the key got stuck in the the anti-lock in the ignition yeah (laughs) i ended up finding somebody who had pliers in their car because i did not who knew you needed it was a very uncomfortable situation but so maybe he's paranoid. Maybe he's looking around. I mean, I really don't know. But to me, it doesn't sound like another person. No, I don't hear. A but I can see how people might be. People go fishing, and this is one of the things that comes up as question. Yeah. Well, and we're also not saying he's innocent. We really don't know his involvement. But to us, it does not appear. Yeah. That he is involved in this. It's kind of like the Pinnacle Lake murders, right? Where people went on these, like, manhunts against the husband for why he was guilty and how he was guilty. And it took 10 years for him to get cleared. Yeah. You know? And in this case, I don't think the boyfriend even made it, like, a month into the suspicion realm. So, obviously... It's not that strong of a case. Right. Well, not only that, but if he did have something to do with it, he wasn't there. Nobody saw him there. He wasn't hiking with her. Nobody reported him in the parking lot. I feel like if he had followed her there and done something to her, somebody would have seen him. So yeah, so we wanted you guys to hear that and make up your own opinion about it. Let us know. Yeah. Yep. All right. (laughs) Some other theories are, did she just get lost? Did a wild animal get a hold of her? Was it a human that harmed her? Right? So... Let's talk about the human aspect for a second. Could she have had a stalker? On July 30th, Sam posted on social media 
Seattle friends, I'm going hiking this Wednesday and tackling Vesper Peak. So she's telling people where she's going to be, right? It's eight miles round trip, 4,200 feet of elevation gain. Spikes recommended, but should not be totally necessary. This is not a beginner's hike, but anyone is welcome who feels up for it. Leaving early a.m., potentially not back until 6 or 7, depending on speed, and how long you spend at the summit. Message me if you want to tag along. I have three spaces in my, admittedly, small car. She did announce to people on social media where she was going to be. And on social media, she was a very young, pretty woman. Right. Well, we don't ever announce where we're going. We don't even post anything from where we do go until we're done. We're done. We're home. We're done. Rather it's vacation, rather it's going for a day, rather we decide to go on a crazy road trip to San Francisco. Like it doesn't matter. Like we usually wait until we're home to post. But yeah, so I mean, there are people out there that knew where she was going to be and knew when she was going to be there and knew that she was possibly going to be there alone. Yeah. So she was wearing a green sports bra, gray yoga pants, the REI hiking boots, and she had a blue backpack on. It was believed that she had a maroon hoodie in her backpack, along with a dark gray wool beanie. Right, and they say it was believed because I think people didn't see her wearing those two items, but they are missing from her things, so we're pretty sure she had them. She's a prepared hiker, so she probably would have packed some warmer things. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it's cold up there, yeah. Spikes sure. are, like, recommended, so. But she didn't even have those. She also had a red or silver hiking poles and possibly a sun hat. Yeah, and I think the sun hat came in because her boyfriend couldn't find it. So he thought maybe she had taken it with her. It's actually possible, too, that she's wearing the sun hat in that video that we talked about earlier where the hiker pans around and you can see Sam in the background. Like, if you pause it and look closely, it kind of looks like she's wearing a sun hat. So it could have come from that or it could have come from the boyfriend. But we don't know. I... But her hiking poles were either red or silver or oh, a red and silver one, <laughs> like a mismatch set. I just can't believe that someone, and it, this I think just shows how like close their relationship was, that he knew what clothes she had in her closet that were missing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think I would know. I mean, I know what's missing from my closet that Madison has stolen, so I can kind of guess what she might have based on that, but I wouldn't know if something specific was missing from her wardrobe. I don't think I Unless know, it belonged to me. I don't think I know anyone well enough that they would be able to say what's missing from my closet. I know, right? In this case, someone had to have seen something, I feel like, more. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what theory we go with, right? Like, my favorite theory in this particular case is probably the lost hiker theory. So I really do think that she's lost up there. I think that maybe a mine shaft, maybe something that's making it really hard for people to find her, but I feel like she's on Vesper Peak. I feel like she has to be. She was never seen in the parking lot. She left her car behind. I mean, she could have been kidnapped off the mountain, but to me, the most likely scenario is that she's lost. Yeah, it seems the most likely, but it is hard to believe because she hasn't been found. she hasn't been found. And they spent like 8,000 plus hours searching for Which her. Which is a lot. It's a lot of time. With thermal cameras, drones, like everything. Yeah. But also, there's a plane out there that's been missing. That's disappeared off the face of the planet. Right? So, so I mean, things person, go missing. 
Of course, since this is an unsolved case and anyone listening could even know anything, we're going to give you the information for Snohomish County Sheriff's Office, which is 425-775-3000. Or you can call 911 if you know anything. Or if you've heard anything, we know that as time goes on sometimes, people will tell their relationship or their friends things that they know or things that happened and that they don't even realize are anything right or they are something they're a confession of sorts and it takes time for people to feel comfortable going forward with that information so that was the case of samantha sayer pretty crazy yeah crazy crazy yeah but let us know what you think uh follow us on instagram at lost in the woods podcast and on Facebook. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. It really means a lot. It does mean a lot to us. And thanks again for sharing us on your stories. Uh, we love to see that. Uh, rate and give us a review anywhere that you can. Uh, and tell all your friends. Please. Yeah. Have a safe quarantine. And we'll talk to you guys later. Yep. Yeah. Tune in next Monday. Bye. Bye.